An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Excellent. Welcome to Fan Expo Philadelphia 2023. My name is J.M. Clark. I am your moderator for this afternoon. Yes, we are into the afternoon. Uh, I'm the host of a podcast called An Elegant Weapon, uh, where I do a lot of interviewing with uh, crazies like these guys. Uh, This is going to be our independent comic book creator spotlight where we're going to talk to some indie comic creators uh, about their careers, their methods, um, what it's like uh, in the indie comic community, and it's going to be fun. Uh, These two I'm very familiar with. This is Sean Daly. Sean Daly is a writer and artist out of Toronto, Ontario, uh, as am I. So we have come down. We've been coming down to Philly for shows for years now, and we love it here, and you are wonderful people, and uh, it's always a good time coming out to Philly. Uh, So that's what he does. And then this guy is a Philly local. This is Stan Kanopka. He is the writer of a a few things, The Man With No Horse uh, and The Rejected from Source Point Press. Uh, And down here... right. Well, these are guys have all worked with Source Point Press, I believe, yes? Yeah, um, yes. As have I, uh, being a Canadian ops manager, so I help run all the fan expos out in Canada when Source Point comes out there. Uh, so it's a big indie creator kind of love fest. That's why everybody always seems to know each other, because it's a very supportive uh, community, right? Um, down on the end, uh, he's a little bit new to me, David Daub. Uh, you are, you're not originally local, but you're in Pennsylvania as well, right? Yeah, I, I moved to Pennsylvania. I had to flee Sorry. darker states. Sorry. <laughs> nice. So, uh, you know, we got a couple locals on stage as well. Since I'm familiar with these guys, David, why don't you tell us a little bit about your work, your career, and uh, that kind of thing, as I can learn along with these guys. Yeah, sure, sure. I started out in... Uh, I always loved, I'll I'll keep it uh, simple, I started out wanting to do comics, obviously, and I worked with a couple of small publishers that just dissipated. I don't mention them even more because no one knows them, and I, so I took that all, and I'm like, huh, I could be a publisher because I learned everything, and I was like, no, I didn't. (laughs) I did self-publishing for a few years under the banner of Dust Comics, and I then realized I made a lot. I needed to reevaluate things, so I joined up with some friends of mine in uh, Show Enough Studios, and now we do stuff in house, and we farm stuff out to uh, like Antarctic Press, which is uh, okay. a company we worked with. Uh, Source Point. I recently joined up with Odyssey uh, Comics. They're out of uh, California. They haven't. Uh, they're just now starting out. During when all the distributors are going, Woo! Right, so right. I was all like, "Oh, this is a great yeah, time!" Yeah. So I've been all over the place, and it's all because I want to do comics, and I, I have to do comics. So, and I've yeah been everywhere yeah. from being captain of the ship to being a you know a mercenary, a gun for hire. Nice. How long in the game are you? When did this start out for you? Uh, I started self-publishing in uh, 2007, and, and to be different, I that was when the 
the first manga boom really happened. Or no, the first manga boom was in the nineties, right? Mm-hmm. With Mixine yeah. and all that. I'm dating myself now. So, <laughs> yes, yeah. So this was like what the second one before we got to the twelfth or the never ending boom. I was all like, okay, I didn't want to do single issues, and I knew my production time would be slow. So I did graph, I did uh, collections or graphic novels or trades. And I made them manga size because I thought I was smart. If I make them that size... They'll go quicker. Yeah, they'll go quicker. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you, you, it's, it's a little more than making it the same size. And that was a whole other thing because in the U.S., it all was one size. You know, at the beginning, they put them in different sizes, but an official size was adopted. And I've been to Japan, and there is no official size. I mean, yes, are they roughly hand-holdable? There are no giant, jagged, you know... Well, they're meant to be almost disposable. Yes, yeah, there, yeah. Right? Yeah. And the manga ones are, yeah, they're disposable or, you know, the collections are semi-disposable too. So I thought that's where I was going to be. So I started out doing larger volumes of work, like producing 100 pages oh, geez, yeah. at a time. And so my output was maybe like a book or two a year because, you know, that's like... You've got to pay for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, as the joke is, I like to say is I went through... Uh, favors from friends and family a long time ago. I was like, oh, you draw. You want to help me out? And it's like, <laughs> I, I burned through that capital a long time ago. Right before on. crowdfunded and all that. But, right, I, you right. know, I was like... I haven't learned that yet. I'm, I'm, I, I haven't, I'm getting better at it and all that because some people were not born into that space, but they, that's where they started. So they don't have the baggage, not the baggage, but the preconceived notions I do of like, well, this is how I did do it. It's like, and how well did that work for you, David? It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Right. But then also I know it's like, well, you're doing it this way, but I don't want to just follow the same model because I know it was done differently. It can be done differently with the new crowdfunding things and all that. Cause, awesome, yeah. yeah. Sorry, but I, obviously we no. all could talk about comics all day. So, And just in recent years, I've been trying to, te- like I said, team up with publishers because with distribution and publishing, because that was uh, explaining to my uh, booth helper, who's also an indie creator, um, crowdfunding will get your book funded? But it's a smaller audience. Like mm-hmm. people are happy if you got a hundred books in a hundred hands. I'm like, that's a failure in the, right, the distribution yeah. market. I can do that in a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not talking. We're not talking about cons. Or, yeah. Uh, talk, you know, normal sales to where you know, hunt, you know, five hundred to a thousand is more what you want to do. But it's a different animal with that, and there's other hurdles and all. So I haven't figured out the how to bring the two together. I'm sure if I could. Yeah. I'd bring a lot of you with us, and we'd all be mad rich until everyone crowded. <laughs> well, it's in. also an interesting time, though, because the industry is in flux. Yes. Like, you know, with new technologies and new ways of doing things and how the pandemic affected the industry, things are changing rapidly, and a lot of people are kind of on their heels trying to figure out, you know, how to do this again and how to kind of make it work like it used to because it's kind of not – it's not working great. Like, I don't know, you know, like – it's a hard time. It's a hard time for small publishers. It's a hard time for big publishers right now. And, uh, you know, people love their movies, but people aren't really buying the comic books. And, you know, that's <coughs> what's going to keep the movies feeding on, right? So it's that kind of thing. By the way, if anybody has any questions, just throw up your hands or shout out at any moment. Please, audience participation is encouraged. If um, not, I'm going to start making jokes and pointing. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, this guy here. So it was 2011, I maybe want to say-ish. Uh, I started a podcast with a friend of mine. Now, we were on Twitter a lot. And back in the day, Twitter was gold for independent comic creators. 
I can't even believe, like, my whole, like, everything I do in this industry comes from getting on Twitter and meeting, like, a couple of these guys and just a group of indie creators who I have now had the pleasure over the past 10, 11, 12 years, you know, go from absolute unknowns to, you know, top of the industry these days. And it's been an incredible thing, and it's very, very cool to watch. This guy's a bit of an example of that, whereas when I met him, he had just decided, I'm not going to do music anymore, because that's what he was doing. He decided to himself, I want to draw, and stopped everything else and started drawing. That's when he started drawing. He didn't know if he could draw and decided to pull this, and since then has steadily made quite a reputation in the indie comics community to where he began with his first books were pieces of Xeroxed paper folded over with staples. His first business cards were cut out pieces of cardboard with his name stamped on them with a stamp that he got. Those are still my business cards. (laughs) That hasn't changed. So I uh, saw it. Sean, this journey that I've got to watch you go on, uh, what's it been like from your perspective? Because it's been a pretty crazy decade for you. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's, yeah. that's the answer. It's been good. Um, I've been doing this, I think, for almost 10 years now. And I've been able to get to a place where I can keep doing it, which is the goal. The goal isn't to make a million dollars making comics. The goal is to make enough money to pay your rent, your groceries, put some aside, save for later, and keep making comics. Or that was my goal as a storyteller. That's what I wanted to do. And um, the whole idea of just kind of like dropping what I went to school for, which is music, and deciding to get into comics was, um, there's nothing ever really holding you back from doing that. Like, you don't... Comics is one of those things where you don't have to get a formal education in it you can buy books. You can All you need is a pencil and a piece of paper, and you can teach yourself anything that you need to. Um, so it was one of those things where I never had any feelings of, like, can I do this? Can I not do this? It was just, just do it. And then you'll have done it, and then that's it. Um, it sounds so simple, but I think it's one of those things where a lot of people get hung up when they're thinking about making comics for the first time, and they're not sure if they can. And it's like, of course you can. It's just a skill like anything else, but anyone can do it, you know. And with that mentality, I think I was able to, you know, just keep moving forward and, and not stopping. Yeah, you I know. want to say that's the great thing about comics is the barrier to entry is not low. It's not as the same because a lot of other creative industries, they've kind of, for different or reasons organically, they have different methods. You come into it and whatnot. And ours is all like there is no right or wrong. No, way. not really, no. And people forget that comics is a medium. Mm-hmm. Wherever you know, some people are like, "Oh, in Japan, they're you know this, and here they're superheroes." Like, no, that's shown in that superheroes. Those are two genres, mm-hmm. and comics is a medium. And as long as you have pictures and words, and they simulate movement, anyone can tell a story. So if you're like, "Well, I don't care about that," you can you know do it in a totally different way, and there's no official format. Right. I mean, yes, we prefer that certain size and all that but like the old a by 6.25 yeah (laughs) um but like he did like what he described is what we called the old ash cans you know it's like exactly that was one of my first books i had a little publisher out of britain and they couldn't send me any books i was all like i work late at night in an office and they have copy machines unsupervised so (laughs) i even think i used their plotter for my first banner so you know it's like there is and people ate that up i think that was one of my best periods of just interest because 
it was the content, not the idea where everyone else was like, oh, well, it has to be on this DVD course, or yeah. it has to be on a CD or I have to be able to get it onto Spotify or, you know, like, well, did you go to Juilliard? Or, you know, yeah. it's like, and there are a few programs in schools for college, but you have to look for them. Yeah, for them. exactly. And even after you take those programs, you still have to do the work of making comics. Yeah. It's not, you know. No, nope, you can't like go to Marvel and go, here, I went to uh, yeah. Hubert School, give me a job. Yeah. Like, eh, go make a comic. You have to make it, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Which is kind of kind of what Stan did, because Stan was part of that, that no. Twitter group. <laughs> hey, no, that's okay. Allowed. That's okay. If you love them, let them go. Yeah. Let, let them it, be let free. It let it go. Okay, so when I so Stan, when I met him on Twitter, he was more of a fan at the time, and he and I were just kind of you know fanboys together. And then one day, you just made that decision. You're like, I'm doing this. I'm going to write a comic. So how did you come to that decision? What was it that finally was like, you know, I'm going to get get off the horse and or get on the horse and actually do this? I took my wife to our first. I took my wife to our first show uh, since the '90s. Aww. I didn't go to a comic show, and then we took in 2010. And as soon as I got home, I started writing again. I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I was a failed screenwriter because I realized that every year there are millions of scripts submitted for Hollywood. What do you get, 15 movies? Those odds are way stacked against you. Still do it if that's your dream, but I learned that comics is more of a visual way to tell your movie. So if you have your story and you have your ideas and you have your... Outlines, because outlining is key if you're writing, especially if you're only a writer. I'm sure you can do storyboards and you can go through a whole bunch of stuff. I just got to put it on paper. And the more you put it on paper, the more you read it, the more you rewrite it, the easier it becomes. And the truth about comics is anyone can do it. Like, seriously, I don't care if you have a dollar. I don't care if you have zero dollars. Just sit down. You get yourself a comic book. You look at the comic book. You learn how, oh, this guy does panels this way. You can draw them this way. You put them this way. And your dialogue, the easiest way I learned to write dialogue is to be alone in a room or outside where your neighbors can't hear you, and you speak the dialogue out loud. And once it sounds right to you, that's your dialogue. Do you ever do the onomatopoeia out loud? I do all kinds of stuff out loud. Well, I, I, I'm just referring to the, the comics and the writing. <laughs> I actually uh, I tr- tend, because I come from a screenwriting background, mm-hmm. I tend to write in f- film format. Okay. Like my, all my scripts are straight-up film scripts. But, you know, the artist gets a script that has everything in it. The letterer just gets a script mm-hmm. yeah. with the panel description and okay. exactly copy and paste. Okay. So that he doesn't have to do anything. Everything's edited. He just goes click, click, click. That's click. nicer because I do it as the whole and then they got to go back and forth. Yeah, screw that. But heck, I don't. <laughs> heck with that. Yeah. But uh, I've never, I've, the dialogue I sometimes say out, I find I say the onomatopoeia out. Because sometimes I don't like, how do you spell? Is that a or is that a crack? Or is that a thwack? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes I just do it like, oh, Walt, Walt, uh, Walt Simonson. I just God. steal his, his onomatopoeia <laughs> all the time. And for those who don't, onomatopoeia is my, one of my favorite words. That's why I keep saying it. And that's the, for those who don't know it, that's the word. Onomatopoeia means words for sounds, basically. Uh, so the special effects works. Boom. Yeah. Pow. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, but Walter Batman Simonson, show. in his run of uh, Thor made it a piece of the art because like when Thor would come down or something it wasn't like crack it was crack a doom and it would take up the half of the page mm-hmm. and I was like that's a brilliant way to do it yeah it's a stop so you don't have to do so much more art yeah yes that's true <laughs> he was also the writer and the artist at the time so I'm sure that probably helped out I'll put this right here so I don't have to draw there 
there, there's dirty things you find out. Like, you'll, you'll see the old comics. They were much more wordier. It's all like, yeah, because their page rate was not page rate. It was they got paid by the word, like old writers sing. So you're going to put a caption box. You're going to put thought bubbles. They're going to speak things loud because you got paid for every word on that page. Right, right. It's be a lot of words. Not yeah, bad. yeah. So as indie creators, basically, <laughs> that means you're doing it yourself. You're doing it independently, independent of a publisher, independent of a benefactor, uh, which leads us to today's Kickstarters, crowdfunding, uh, you know, backer kits, uh, all this crazy stuff going online. Because over the pandemic, all these companies, SourcePoint Press in particular, who had grown on their con presence... Uh, you know, their reputation was nurtured through all these wonderful creators being at the shows, meeting the people, you know, big personalities and, you know, showing how much they care about this. And this is what that foundation was. All of a sudden, the pandemic hits. It's like, how do we do this now? Like, how do we translate that to online? And, it, you know, it wasn't always easy. It wasn't always successful. Sometimes it was. Sometimes it wasn't. So it's a strange time, um, you know, even for those, you know, I guess you can call them indie publishers, because basically a lot, most of the time, indie publishers, that would mean you keep your creator rights, you know, and if you make something for Marvel, they're going to own that character probably for life, right? <laughs> Rookie. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a company like SourcePoint Press say, you're probably going to, you know, work out some kind of deal where you still own your creator or you own your creation, Right. Um, so tell us a bit, guys, about each of your experiences with doing it yourself. Kickstarter, you know, where it's going today, because, you know, I personally see it kind of coming around to where the future of comics is independent creators. That may be all that's left someday. So uh, your thoughts, gentlemen? Anyone I'll, can start? I'll, I'll jump in since I've used a lot of, like, Kickstarter campaigns. Mm -hmm. to, yeah, to you've done a ton. You know, yeah. Um, I, I agree. I think it is the most important tool, and it doesn't have to be Kickstarter. It could be mm. any of the number number of like other yeah. crowdsourcing platforms. So many have popped the, up in the a last A lot, years. Yeah. yeah. So many, but yeah. Make a quick caveat. Isn't Kickstarter has the largest base, though? It Isn't, does, yeah. yeah. And yeah. They, will, uh, they will do a little bit more work than the others yeah. uh, if they notice that your campaign is getting popular. Yeah, because it only benefits them, because if they show successes, then... They are successful by your success. Big time. They yeah. take a 10% cut yeah. off the top of everything that you do. And it's good publicity, too. So. Great publicity, and yeah. they yeah. don't discourage people who aren't doing as great, but right, they're no. not going to promote them as much. So they, if no. you're doing failing, don't expect Kickstarter to swoop in. That's right, yeah. And I won't. say that because I see a lot of people who do that. Yeah, for sure. That Kickstarter won't save a campaign that isn't, yeah. you know, but they can help a campaign that's doing well. Yeah. And... That is their job, after all. That's how they make money, is, mm -hmm. is off of us doing our campaigns. But at the same time, so I've done you know, a, a few pub, bits of published work. I've worked with SourcePoint. I have a book with IDW and Top Shelf. I've done some Ninja Turtles covers and a lot of um, you know, creator-owned work through uh, publishers. And usually you're signing a contract that you know, puts hands in your pockets. Obviously, they're doing a lot of work. They have to get paid somehow. But when you're kickstarting, you know, you, it's your hands in your pockets. You're making a lot more money off of something that, you know, if you have a very successful book at a publisher, you're going to make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But that's a really hard thing to do is to get that, that success. Really? Well, yeah, you would, you would imagine. Yeah, yeah, that, I'm, yeah. I'm still imagining. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's not I easy. The thought bubble. But if you can get that <laughs> one, you know, successful book, you're kind of like in a really good spot. 
but you can't rely on that. So if you, you got to build on that, you too. do. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it just happens instantly because mm -hmm. it's a, just a good book, right? Sometimes that happens, but you could release a good book and it doesn't sell well, and you know. Yeah, because the timing's right. Or that's right. You, you, never let that kill you either. Yeah. No, no, definitely don't. But failure's part of the game. Learn to understand the word "no" means not yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just keep Doesn't going. Doesn't mean no. It yeah. means keep in, going. In, yeah, in comics, yeah, for sure. So yeah, in <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everywhere in else comics. that word means no. Yes. yes. Thank you. <laughs> but if if you have like a moderately successful book on a crowdfunding pla crowdfunding platform, all that money goes into your pocket. So even if you know you're selling less copies doing it all yourself, there's a potential to make more money than if, you know, your book with a publisher sells, you know, a small amount as well. So for me, I've just been loving kickstarting. It's how I fund all of my books. And I don't think that's going to change. Even some of the books that I'm working on right now, I've thought maybe I should take this to a publisher. Um, but at the end of the day, I've stopped myself because I feel like I'll just be making more money and having a little bit more control uh, over the books that I'm doing. And that makes a huge difference to me when I don't have to answer to editors or you know, be making all these last minute changes that I don't really want to. Um, and there's nothing against that. We did that with Better Place when we released oh, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. The editors had changes and they actually made the book better through those. Um, but that doesn't always happen. And to be devil's advocate, because the hard thing with being indie is you're like, oh, I just make my books, and that's that. It's like, well, no, because now you have to be your own marketing guy. Yeah. You have to be your own editor, because so you have to make those hardcore choices. So, which you is can't harder. hire out. Like, yeah, I, you, I hire you, an editor. Yeah, you, you can. You can. All that stuff. And yeah. it's, it's a page rate. But then he's talking about like, all the money goes into your pocket. Like, and I do this as a recent example because of the... Uh, the whole pandemic and everything, shipping has gotten insane. Oh, that's what I, that was yeah. going to be my actual question to you. Yeah. In a general sense, let's say you make $20,000 on a Kickstarter. What percentage of that 20000 would be? Okay, so 10% right off the top, so that's what? One, two, three, seven dollars. <laughs> sure. So $7 <laughs> off the top. How much percentage-wise do you think it costs to ship a product? With it, like, Let's say it's a simple $20,000. Uh, so if I'm... So if this was a typical Kickstarter for me and I'm releasing a book that's about 80 pages, printed in color, um, getting, five, let's say, 500 copies, that might cost 5,500. This is Canadian, so I don't know how that'll translate. Uh, maybe 4,500 US or so. Okay. Um, and then shipping might be an extra, especially in Canada, it sucks, like two and a half grand. Uh, to ship, and that's only. You do a fair amount of international shipping. That's, don't I mean, that's tons of international yeah, shipping. Yeah, yeah. Say, oh. But you know what's funny? It's cheaper to ship internationally than in Canada from Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Bad it is right yeah, now. it doesn't yeah. make any sense. So wow, that's a lot. You know, it's, yeah. So if you're making like twenty grand off a of Kickstarter, they're going to take that two thousand. Uh, there might be an extra five percent in fees from banking uh, and shit like that, mm -hmm. but. Then you're going to you're going to pocket you know I'm totally enough hiring money. somebody I've do never it. done one no do never it never done one I'm hundred percent that's fine Who, no I'm that's not fine. in front of all y'all you don't pick on me no that's silly but everybody <laughs> but you got to put that, that you know give me a wedgie later on and I was like, ah. <laughs> that's everybody's big fear I've been listening to people say it for ten years you know it's terrifying to do this but you you know you you got to just do it or you won't know kind of what happens you know and I'll tell you there's enough people just yeah I'll just finish my sentence um. There's enough people, like all my inbox, I have a specific email from my podcast, and all it is daily is request after request of people wanting to promote their Kickstarter. 
That's all it is. And people are passionate. And it, I know there's a list out there somewhere that I'm on where there's almost like a podcast circuit that independent Kickstarter creators will do now and try there to is. hit every single we just one. Didn't Sorry, tell yes. Mm-hmm. How do you get people, uh, I guess, uh, distributors to, I guess, take what your product is and put it on their shelf? Uh, well, you ask them. That's a, yeah, well, see, that's at different levels. That one thing is you can do it at shows. You can do it at local shows. And sometimes you can do it at different types of shows because everyone thinks Comic Cons. I used to tear it up at uh, literary cons, you know. Yeah, sure. Library, library shows. shows. Yeah, because I would look like a rock yeah. star. Movie I do. premieres, if you're an artist, you yeah. can talk to the management at a movie premiere and be like, I'll do art yeah. cheaper at your show, and you're going to pound it out. Trust me. People come in to see mm. Spider-Man or something like that, and you're going to be drawing a hundred different Spider-Men, making tons and tons of fun, making friends, making a couple of bucks. Yeah. But then you can also go to stores, and stores yeah. will do it different ways. They will usually consignment. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say they either will buy it outright at wholesale, which is like fifty to sixty-five percent off, or they'll do consignment to where 50. we want twenty percent off, at, or you know, like we'll sell it, but we get a couple of bucks, and you got to take it away eventually, because if it doesn't sell, they don't want product, you know, just yeah. sitting there. Then if you want to go to distributors, you can solicit to like say Diamond. You can't solicit the Lunar right now because they're too new and they don't physically have the space. Yeah. I asked. <laughs> um, I've checked. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we, we, we went sniffing around. And Diamond, yeah, they're all like you got to get a minimum sale amount of like 1,500 books. Wow. And they want 65% off of yeah. that book. And now they're with the whole Lunar thing, with the other distributors running around, they were telling um, with Odyssey, they were like, oh, yeah, they, they want to make sure that we have a year's worth of content because they don't want to just release a book yep. and then that revenue stream is gone and they just wasted their time. So not to be discouraging, but you notice we said there's a lot of different ways. You can but, do Amazon. Amazon, that's Kindle true. Yeah, Direct yeah. Publishing, you can put your comics right on there, and they can order them in physical form if they want. Yeah, it's called KDP, which is Kindle, Kindle Direct Publishing, machine. and you can load up your digital one, and there's an easy button where they go, oh, do you want to convert that to physical? You have to play with it a little bit, because don't trust them. It's Super all- easy to do, though. I mean, I did it, and I'm a writer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a little paranoid. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, and that you can do it right there. There's also, uh, what's that? Global Comics. Global, Global Comics. Comics is a new outfit, yeah. yeah. And, and then they're, they're, Webtoon, I like them. if you're yeah. into the younger stuff. Yeah. Webtoon. Webtoons I, is a different, seems to have more of a different, it wants mm-hmm. more, its audience is more of the manga and anime mm-hmm. crowd. I'm not saying bad, but if you bring yeah, in a Western historical detailed thing, it may not do as well as, you know, a, 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 a bishi yeah. yaoi title. I'm showing mm-hmm. my age here. I don't even and know. Are so, those terms used anymore? Sorry. <laughs> I just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, uh, I was just going to say, in relation to that, um, have you guys ever been to any, like, indie press expo, specifically, like, uh, small press expo? Oh, yeah. All the time. Any place you can get your face and your product, if it's a horror show, if they're doing a porta potty exposition, get a spot. When you're starting out, the only thing I can tell you is you got to be known. And to be known, you got to be there. Mm-hmm. And as far as more distribution goes, you have to understand something about that, too. And this is where the dark side of comics comes in, is they're a monopoly. They're out there to squeeze you to death. Your best bet is to start 
And from my experience, that's kind of changing right now. It's, they're trying. They're but, trying. Yeah. The best yeah. bet is to start doing exactly what he said. Exactly yeah. what he said. Start on your own work. Do your own work. Publish your own work. It's really not that expensive. There are companies out there called Comics Wellspring and Greco Comics and all these other places. That you company. can get. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get. Uh, what's the other one then? Kablam. Kablam. You can go. Right you can get these guys, and they print them relatively cheap. You go black and white. That includes grayscale. Just so we're clear, black and white is grayscale. Uh, and you can get your own comics printed for next to nothing. And if you can do a Kickstarter, get a hundred comics. Just get get something that you can uh, do. Something that's not going to overwhelm you, because the first thing I'm going to tell you about comics is after a little while, you get extremely overwhelmed. There's a lot more than just drawing and writing and putting out a book. This is I, mean, I have to have a family yeah. Yeah, to help me do this. And I, just to give some perspective, if I may, to, to understand the industry, when you look at the big scope of the industry, the single most consistently top-selling comic on a regular basis of all comic books is Batman. Batman is the one comic that you can depend on that it's going to sell. If you want to be super technical and you want to go by the uh, the rating, the the counting thing, the top selling comic is Dogman. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm not talking about Dogman or you know, Wimpy. Do- What's the other one? I kid read it. The uh, champs. Captain no, Captain Underpants. Yeah, no. not counting that stuff. Oh, you're talking. I'm about talking that. your typical comic book. If you think of superheroes in the typical comic book industry, yeah, you've got Batman is the only one to consistently top out. And pre-pandemic, you're looking at maybe a hundred and fifty thousand copies of that comic are sold a month. Post-pandemic, maybe one twenty in a good month. Now. Think about how big comic books are and the genre and the movies, and you think there's millions of people going out and watching these movies and learning these stories. Out of million, how many people, like the, in Canada, 35 million people, in the States, 300 million people, all these people loving the movies, going, spending that money. Out of whatever I just said, 335 billion people, or million people, only 120,000 people are buying Batman, right? Like, you got to look at the industry from this perspective that, you know, unless you make that comic or had that character that hits in a movie and gets huge, you're never going to be a rock star. You're never going to be driving Lambos making comic books unless it turns into something else. So just know that if you're getting into this industry, you got to do it for the passion. You've got to do it because this is what you need to do. This is what you want to do. And like Sean said, you're comfortable just paying your rent, eating your food, making sure your kids are okay or whatever, and making the comics. Because yeah. that's, that's the, unfortunately, most of the time, that's the end goal. That's the biggest dream you're going to be able to have, right? But yes. Yeah, and I was wondering, so when, when all of you made the decision to become uh, comic book creators, was it because you just had all these ideas that were, like, bursting to come out, or was it, like, one of those things where you just started drawing and then the ideas came? Well, as a specific writer, I'll go first on this one, guys. I've been writing since I was a little kid. Just didn't know what I wanted to do. Got into movies because I went to film school and stuff like that. I thought it would be easy. And then eventually I just started reading comics again. And I was like, this is fun. And I think I can do this. So I sat down with my wife and we discussed it. She's like, yeah, give it a shot. And just immediately just picked it right back up. And you just write your uh, stuff. 
I also lost train of thought in the middle there. I'm kind of neurodivergent, so you never know. Did I answer your question? Yes. Are you sure? Because I could do it again. <laughs> this time I could do it. Much closer. We kind of talked about what triggered you. What triggered you? Um, well, um, I grew up on comics, too. And um, the other writing and all that, I mean, like I love movies, I love video games, but it's comics I wanted to write. But I played it somewhat safe and all that, not to make it a sadder story. But I, I lost my wife um, fairly long, young. She was, she was 27. Uh, and so it was an urgency to me where you're all like, okay, not to make fun of like the YOLO or sort of, you know, have the kids throw it around. I was like, no, you, this, is, this is what you got. So I realized I want to do what I want to do. I still was responsible and made sure I had... A, you know, a, a day gig, and I had money and all of that, and that's why I'm using more crowdfunding myself, because I have a, a second wife, and I have some lovely stepkids and everything, but I can't just go, because I went bankrupt <laughs> the first time, so because uh, I was all like, let's do it, you know, it was a little too much, you know, like, you know, like, yeah, ride or die, oh, that's a cliff, sort of um, thing, but so, and that's why it's good to have these tools like crowdfunding and all that, because some comic creators do do that. They're just, you know, bleeding money and less than the right. And crowdfunding is a great tool to help you balance that out. And publishers are, you know, squeezed too right now. So you can't be like, help. And even, and in the old days, you know, people, or people go to publishers and they're like, hey, I have an idea. That's great. Are you going to pop? Yeah, let me see the book. They, they're nice. They will say, <laughs> they'll say, well, we want to see five to seven pages finished. Anytime I go to a publisher, it's like, here's a book. And they're all like, whoa. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Show them that you can do it. Yeah. They don't want to see a, a story. Oh, here's, a, here's an outline to my book with five, mm -hmm. five pieces of art. If you really want to sell a book to a publisher, you go in there with a complete book. Yeah. And that I, complete book shows them that, A, you can complete the job. B, you know what you're doing. Even if it's rough, they still see that you have the passion to complete something. And you have your portfolio in your hand. So... When Stuff I was a like publisher, I, I tried to do open <laughs> submissions for a bit. And I remember one guy, he didn't even submit me a story idea. He just told me how much money Sherlock Holmes' property made. And he was talking about the movies and the books. And he's like, oh, this is my idea for a Sherlock Holmes comic. Or, no, you didn't even get to that. It was really a, uh, a paragraph about how much money you can make from Sherlock Holmes. And I was like, you didn't even give me <laughs> an idea. So, but yeah, they... Um, Overall, they want to see finished stuff. I'm sorry, I went off the. Yeah, no, he's no, infectious no. over here. I, I, I can't you. help it. Yeah, it's a, it's a. You're not getting into this for gold. No. You know, you're getting into this because it's kind of what you need to do, what you want to do. But I mean, it's you a, can make a good living. I don't want to give the wrong impression. You're not going to be yeah. living in squalor. Because it's not like, you know, you, if you're good in the industry, you know, independently or professional, it's all about your reputation. It's about your work ethic. Are you people like to work with you? We all know each you other. You know, because yeah. even if you're doing it independently, you know, um, unless you're kind of this guy who's one of the rare ones who does it all himself occasionally. He will color, draw, write, pencil, ink his entire comic himself. It's because I can't afford to pay anyone else. <laughs> yeah. For yeah, no, like you'll see a lot of writers get into lettering. Because they, they, right. have, to, they have to cut cost, and some of them, some of them get a passion for it. Like I was working with a guy who's getting into, he's done some crowdfunding and all of that, and he was getting into lettering initially. But me working with this book because he wanted to get more practice, he's he's loving, he's lo looking for different um, brushes, and he's all like, oh wait, this is a Asian feel, so I should try to do it like a, br a kanji brush stroke and all that. And it's like sometimes people pick up things they're interested in, so. 
Yeah. Um, and also I wanted to say is we don't say comics are bad, but we want you to all be aware, like yeah. any job, because it is a job. Yeah. yeah. There's ups and downs. Yeah. Like it's a very much a freelance market. Yeah, and that's why you got to be smart. Like you got to take your skill in whatever area it is, and often it's about supplementing, right? And using that skill for other areas. This guy was just telling me yesterday about a video game cover that he just drew. Nice. You know, and so there's lots of other you know areas, whether it's advertisement or graphic, you know, design or illustration. Yeah. A lot of these independent artists you see out there, they're doing other stuff at the same time, so they can make that comic. Yeah, you know? like my background was music. That was what I went to school for. And even though I switched into comics, uh, I still make music for independent video game developers he on makes the side. Tunes, you yeah, know, like old mini, school, like, like eight bit stuff. Yeah, all that fun stuff. Uh, but there's a huge market for that, and yeah. video game developers still need music. You know, yeah, they still need I know. That. There's a huge amount of uh, it, there's a huge amount of artists in Toronto specifically who uh, do character design. I'm actually always shocked at how big the industry is, like the available positions to do just character design, just to invent characters for whatever. And I think like two thirds of them don't even get used. Yeah. Right? No, They're just like sure. ideas. Yes. Yeah. So, looking back on your careers at this point, what's a piece of advice you wish you had gotten in the beginning or something that you wish you knew before you started? Hmm. Be a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> something I wish I knew before I started that. It is not just about the comics end of it. It's also about the sales end of it. Because if you can't sell yourself or you can't sell your ideas, then you're sunk. I mean, you don't have to be like a used car salesman. You just got to be behind what you're doing, like your product. It doesn't have to be Batman. It doesn't have to be a manga. It doesn't have to be horror. It could be any genre. Just love what you're doing with that particular piece, and you can take it as pretty much as far as you, you want with good sales. I mean, all you have to do is tell people why you love it. <laughs> right on. Any yeah. more questions? Uh, well, I'm going to answer that curious? quickly. Oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, for me, it was don't uh, hold yourself to the standards of others because I would always see this amazing work that people were doing and they're working with this publisher and that publisher and I would kind of get a little bit of anxiety of like, why am I not there yet? You know, it, there was like some envy involved and that's because I was looking at my work and comparing it to theirs when I should have just been like laser focused on what I was doing and only cared about that really yeah absolutely yeah. that's that's probably the best of yeah I've that's ever. that's yeah. what I would have to go with too and I've been using this analogy as I'm a child of the 80s to where you're taught it's win or nothing you know so like you make lots of money you defeat your opponents and you know so you know that very that mentality and I've got I've, I would have had I would have been so much easier if I learned to focus on my stuff, make my stuff the best, instead of sitting there making excuses for my stuff by attacking other people and trying to make myself feel better in the meantime, and nothing's getting done. I just feel better for 30 seconds, like, yay, that was, you know. So stop making it about a competition and just make your work, because I found when I just listened to myself and was telling the stories that I had in my head instead of trying to, you know, be like, oh, I'm just doing better because you're doing big titty books if you just didn't do big titty books all the money would just magically come to me yeah no, <laughs> no, work no. You, you have the right to make big hooter books yes yeah, yeah. but you can't blame your I failure just, for oh no, no 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 i know a guy who just did one a kickstarter got a hundred and ninety thousand mm-hmm. dollars 
I was like, wow, I really got to start getting into writing stuff like that. <laughs> or not. The problem is I look like I look, so I have no experience in it. <laughs> or just don't pay attention to it. That's what I'm learning, too. It's like, that's somebody else's bag. Not hey, my bag, I, baby. I'm looking for a bag that big, baby. <laughs> Alrighty, kids, we're out of time. Okay. Are you sure? Uh, Stan, yes, David, sir. Sean, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and your journey in independent comics with us. Uh, I encourage you guys, because one of the big ways you can support independent creators is not necessarily buying their stuff, but share it. Share it, like it, get it out there. The more people that see it, somebody's going to go, that's cool. Somebody's going to want to buy that. Like, I promise you. Um, so, yeah, thanks for hanging out, kids. Thank you guys very uh, much. In I about, appreciate uh, everybody. Any extra questions? Anybody got anything that less things on their mind? I just asked them Doesn't that. Doesn't have to be about comics. No, I can man. tell you where or, I park. Or we or got, uh, in about 20 minutes, gentlemen, I'm going to be sitting here at this table with the legendary Mr. Jim Shooter. Ooh. Oh. I don't know if you know who Jim Shooter is, but he's going to be sitting Comic right here with me. We're going to talk some shit, see what's going on. But thank you very much for coming out today. Thank you very much. You guys much. are awesome. We appreciate it. Good times. And check us out. We're in the guest alley. I'm at P17. What are you P43. at? P43. P43. I don't know. He pees 44. He's yeah. his IP freely. Thank you.